We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. This is a special episode, kind of. It's Monday, December 23rd. Did not want to release a new episode of DCOM December this week. Obviously, most of you are not listening to podcasts. You're hopefully celebrating the holidays with your families. So wanted to take a look back at almost a year ago, released the first episode of this podcast on Remember the Titans with my buddy J.R. Hickey. And I, I wanted to to re-release this episode. I wanted to look back, listen, um, chime in a little bit where I see fit. Uh, you know, th- this podcast I, I would hope has, has changed for the better since we released this episode. Um, have definitely changed the name. It used to be Trouble with the Script. I uh, changed to Big Screen Sports about I think eight episodes in. Uh, you know, once we realized that no one would get the riff on Trouble with the Curve. I think uh, pretty much everyone is is more in favor of the the new name, the current name, Big Screen Sports. Um, re-releasing this episode was in my plans for about a month. It's unfortunately become timely because of the the passing of the real life Herman Boone, the inspiration for Denzel Washington's character. Uh, but you know, again, I, I had planned this for a month. Don't want to capitalize or seem insensitive at all. Obviously, offer condolences to to his loved ones. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, just, just wanted to put that out there. Um, you know, you guys know how the internet is. So yeah, th- this was a fun episode. I love, uh, always love podcasting with JR. Uh, JR is doing an awesome job on, oh yeah, oh yeah, the Entourage podcast, doing a full Entourage recap. Uh, I think he just finished, uh, season three. You know, those episodes are pretty evergreen. He's just recapping a TV show. If you enjoy Listening to JR on this podcast, go check it out. He's got a year worth of Entourage content on there. Um, I've been on a couple episodes. You know, g- give him a follow. Check that podcast out. Uh, for now, I hope that you and yours have a happy holiday season. Uh, we'll catch you with a new episode next week on High School Musical uh, with Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. But for now, let's uh, let's rediscover. The first episode of what was then Trouble with the Script, what is now Big Screen Sports, on Remember the Titans. I'll be jumping in every now and then to, uh, to let you know my thoughts. Welcome to Trouble with the Script, Episode 1, a podcast for sports movie fans who appreciate a little authenticity. I'm Kyle Banduho. I'll be your host. 
oh my God, this is the most low energy shit I've ever heard in my life. I could barely get my own name out. How did anyone listen to this? I'm a podcast host of the Dadgum Podcast and a former writer for postgradproblems.com. And today, I'm proud enough to bring on for episode one, the host of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast, my buddy J.R. Hickey. JR, how you doing? Crash, I'm doing great. I'm glad that you're proud enough to bring me on the pod today. I'm beyond just proud. enough. <laughs> I'm beyond proud. We're we're bouncing off podcasts. I did I did your old podcast, then you did my old podcast, then I did your current podcast, and now you're doing my current podcast. Just two white guys with podcasts. Just, <laughs> nothing nothing new about that. No, it's it's a very uh, if you're not a white guy in 2019, if you don't have a podcast. I'm actually very excited for this podcast because when I was on my honeymoon uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Southeast Asia and you were, you were kind of giving me the rundown as to what you would be doing, kind of uh, you know, running some ideas by me. And you sent me over like a, a test episode and I left like the pool. I was like on a, I was like on an infinity pool overlooking like the Indian ocean on a cliff in Bali. And I left my new wife at the pool to go up to the room to listen. And she was like, what the fuck are you doing? My podcast was like a filthy mistress on your honeymoon. <laughs> That's right. Just that was got the, you out the, of the pool. The maid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, so real quick, what this podcast is going to be? It's a it's a passion project of mine, and it's something that I hope a lot of people, a lot of listeners, can can empathize with. Um, I'm a big sports movie fan. I always have been. I'm you know big sports fan. And uh, Trouble with the Script is going to be a sports movie podcast, but we're going to focus almost exclusively on the sports centric content of sports movies. What worked, what didn't work, and what could have been done to fix it. Because some sports movies are perfect, almost perfect in every single way. The action on field looks good, the plot points related to sports make sense, and that's great. That's what we want. Some movies look terrible. They look like they haven't had a person who played that sport doing anything with a production. And that drives me crazy. I named this podcast Trouble with the Script in honor of Clint Eastwood's Trouble with the Curve, which is my least favorite baseball movie. JR, have you seen Trouble with the Curve? I didn't. I, I've actually seen half of it. Um, I had to turn it off because it's that bad, so I completely empathize with you. But ironically enough, on my flight back from my honeymoon, two people were watching it in front of me. You so sent, I got yeah, to you see sent it. me that. <laughs> you, I got to see it like with no audio, like from an angle. And even then, it it just the on field action looked like straight hot garbage. It it, it really is. Um, and it's a movie that should have worked. Clint Eastwood, Amy Adams, Justin Timberlake. But let's get on to the movie that we're going to talk about for episode one. Um, it's a movie that that I think did work. It's a classic. I'm sure everyone's seen it. It is uh, Remember the Titans. Greek mythology, the Titans were greater even than the gods. We're going to change the way we run. They ruled their universe with absolute power. We're going to change the way we block. Well, that football field out there tonight, that's our universe. We're going to change the way we win. We don't let anything, nothing, Come between us. We are team. I can't even describe how professional I thought I was because I could splice clips into a podcast. Remember the Titans was came out in 2000 uh, from Disney. Got 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, the, the critics liked it. But uh, the real quick, the plot of Remember the Titans. 1971, T.C. Williams High School opens and desegregates with Herman Boone, played by Denzel Washington, of course, uh, taking the lead coaching role 
uh, or the, becomes the head coach and leaves Bill Yost, who was the head coach at the, the prior all-white school, as his assistant and defensive coordinator. Uh, Bill Yost was played by Will Patton, uh, famously in Gone in 60 Seconds. That's my favorite Will Patton role. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he takes uh, he takes the head role, which causes some drama between the black players on the team and the white players on the team. The desegregated team bonds at training camp and then embarks on an undefeated season culminating in a state championship. Along the way, they deal with racial tensions, a deliberate injury at quarterback, and nefarious referees. JR, right off the bat, what's your, what's your impression of Remember the Titans? When did you first see it? And uh, I know you watched it last night. You know, what do you think about Remember the Titans as far as sports movies go? As far as sports movies go, well, remember the Titans year 2000, I was in eighth grade then, you know, 12 years old, I'm about to enter high school. You're kind of becoming a man, like fully in your, in your body. And I just remember it being this like really scary time in my life and seeing one of these sports movies at that time, like made me feel good. It was a good sports movie. I have like really nothing bad to say about remember the Titans. Obviously, this podcast is more about the sports played in the movie, mm-hmm. but overall, like just black versus white, good versus evil, like you know, desegregation coming together, family fun with some like good sports action. This movie, like, rocks. It, and on top of that, with a kick ass soundtrack that oh, I completely yeah. forgot about. Oh yeah, it's like it's just like seventies hits, just like late sixties, early seventies hits, but. What, where I think Remember the Titans does well, like sports centric wise, um, or at least as a, as a movie in, in total, is that it manages to be still like feel real, re- really realistic. It feels really good without being too cheesy. Like it's got that feel good Disney vibe. I mean, it's a Disney movie. It's going to have that. Um, they definitely, you know, if you if you go and research like the actual true story because it's based on a true story. It might not have had the same kind of feel-good vibes, but um, it also it isn't too cheesy because that that's a big problem with sports movies. Is some of them are just they just so cheesy. Disney sports movies specifically, though, are pretty high class. They are. I can't true. think of many that are that are poorly done or poorly researched or poorly acted. I mean, I'm, uh, Miracle, obviously, I'm sure you'll get to yeah, that at yeah, some point. Yeah, uh, the rookie actually does a does a fairly decent job. Fantastic, Invincible with Mark Wahlberg, one of my favorite actors. That's one of, that's I mean, one of the first things you mentioned uh, when I said <laughs> you were starting this pod. When I when I told you I was starting this pod, you you mentioned you wanted to do Invincible. You know, I'll I'll come back for the Invincible podcast. I know you probably want to do it. You want to kind of round the horn with all the different sports, but I have a special place in my heart for Mark Wahlberg. I also have a special place in my heart for like gritty underdog like city guys that's why like my favorite movie is the departed so uh, it just it kind of reminds me of the departed even though it takes place in philadelphia it's just amazing that you just tied invincible and the departed together (laughs) jared let's get right into it um with our first category what worked about remember the titans what what was the first thing that jumped out to you what worked sports wise in the movie the first thing i'm going to say is that the players on T.C. Williams actually looked like high schoolers. I'd say 70% of the players shown looked like they could be 16 to about, let's give it like 18, 19 years old. That's, Ryan yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even is, think about that. That's, that's actually a really good point that they actually looked the part in terms of age. 
how many, you know, you looked at like a varsity blues or something and you're, that guy's pushing 30. It just, it, it takes you out of the, the moment, the action a little bit. You, you feel like you're watching actors playing kids and not really once did I think, oh, that guy looks a little too old. I would actually say that, um, uh, Ray, uh, Bertier is a racist friend who, uh, oh, yeah. Ray looks, Ray looks 35. Ray looks damn near, yeah, 40. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else, though, like you mentioned Gosling, who plays uh, Allen, the deposed cornerback. That's right. Um, yeah, he, uh, yeah, Gosling looks the part. This, um, th- I'm pretty sure this is the, I wasn't a Mickey Mouse Club guy. I think this was the first thing I ever saw Gosling in. Same. It also goes to show, I mean, we were young at the time, and he's a little bit older than us, but yeah, Ethan Supley, who plays Vlasic, like, he's gone on to be, a big time actor. He was in My Name Is Earl, and and like this, he looks like a really just chubby, overweight high school. Yeah, kid. he does, especially because um, and it, it's pretty impressive because he did Earl a few a few years after that, and then he's just been like the token big dude and big bearded guy in a lot of things. Yeah, so it, it kind of it must have caught him at a certain point in his life where it, like the last glimpses of him being able to play a high schooler. Um, I even think totally. like Julius and uh, and Bertier were the. Um, which played by Wood Harris plays Julius uh, Wood Harris from The Wire, and then uh, Ryan Hurst played uh, Bertier. Uh, he was famously the guy in Saving Private Ryan who couldn't hear because a grenade went off in his ear. And then also famously Opie in Sons of Anarchy. See, I'm not I'm not a Sons of Anarchy show. guy, so I've heard good things. I've heard good things. A fantastic. I, show. But yeah, no, they looked like they were like you know very matured eighteen you know seniors, obviously. But like I, I definitely played with guys that like looked that age i didn't play football this is what's great you had me on your first podcast i've never played a lick of football i was all state and track and field <laughs> for four years when you i mean you grew i saw i've seen your uh your wedding pictures though you grew up with a bunch of guys who looked like they could start for the bears that's true that's true i i, I grew up in an area where there must have been something in the water i'm i'm six one 180, and I'm the smallest and shrimpiest of all my friends. So yeah, I don't I'm, know what, what I'm happened. I'm 5'7, there. 155. All your friends could step <laughs> on me. But um, the other thing the actors did well is I feel like they they looked good playing football. Yeah. Um, I thought most of the football scenes, especially, you know, a lot of the football scenes were basically just like quick highlights. A lot of them, they, yep. you know, quick cuts, you know, a pass here, a block there you know, a, a run, you know, uh, sunshine running the option there. I, I I thought that looked really well. You know what? They only, this movie's like, this movie clots at two hours and they only show action from like three and a half games. And it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's bogged down with too much non-football stuff. Like the storylines are good. The football stuff is, is uh, maybe it's one of those less is more things where if we would have seen an hour of high school football, we would have gone, well, this is ridiculous. But I don't know, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but if anyone who's listening is a Friday Night Lights fan, the more and more football you saw of in that show, the more and more you were like, is Tim Riddens even fast? <laughs> or like, can Matt Saracen actually throw a ball? There was just these weird things that kind of stood out to you. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Remember the Titans did a great job. They really give you just, they give you just enough to make it a, a football movie. Um, exactly. You know, what else worked was I think uh, Denzel is Boone. I mean, saying like Denzel worked in a movie, I've, you know, is probably like overkill. <laughs> yeah. Like, did, I, I don't think there's anything Denzel hasn't worked in. But um, he passes for me what I like to call the brick wall test. Like, as a coach, like, I would run through a fucking brick wall for that guy. And I think Boone, um, well, Denzel is Boone. Uh, again, if you want to dig through the Wikipedia and some of the articles about. 
remember the Titans and the true story. Um, I'm not sure the real Boone passes the brick wall test, apparently, <laughs> but um, Denzel is Boone does. Uh, he's he's realistic as a as a motivational coach, but he also shows you you know he kind of cares about the kids, which is a big factor in um, in being a good coach. The brick wall test, pretty good idea, huh? Would have been nice if I would have remembered to do that in any of my next five episodes. So, you know, I, I buy Denzel as a, uh, I buy Denzel as a coach for sure. I completely agree. I love the brick wall test. You definitely need to have like a, you know, your, your top 10 brick wall coaches once this thing gets going in, in, you know, a couple months. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we'll also have like a styrofoam wall test for the coaches who you, <laughs> you wouldn't even run through like styrofoam for. <laughs> That's great. Did you have anything else that, that worked really well? No, you covered it all. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, the, the, the brief football scenes. I, I have a kind of a thing with sports movies that are set, not in present day or not even like recently is that they don't, the athletes don't have to look as athletic as they would if this movie was set in 2019. Um, you know, you watch old highlight clips of, you know, like, um, you know, recently I saw, you know, old highlights of Archie Manning. And, yeah, he looked good. He was running around everyone in the 1960s at Old Miss. But he didn't look that athletic. Sure, yeah. It's because were, their diet consisted of, like, booze and cigarettes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I feel like it's a little easier to uh, to mimic, you know, 1960s, 1970s sports. Um, totally. The only other th- and they did a good job of that. Yeah, the, the last thing I have that worked really well, and it's kind of in the same as a brick wall test, but it's a it's – a, Shout out to Coach Yost, the uh, the assistant, the blitz all night speech. Uh-huh. That, oh my God. that worked for me. That would have motivated me if I if my five seven scrawny ass is playing football for TC Williams. I would have gone and murdered someone after I heard that speech. I stood up and I chop blocked my wife right there on the couch. She was not happy. Yeah, with me. the uh, <laughs> setting it up. The um, TC Williams has been the victim of some uh, some heinous some heinous penalties because the refs are throwing the game. So uh, so Coach Boone will look bad. So Coach Boone will be able to be fired, and uh, Coach Yost goes out and basically tells the referee he knows all about the scheme, and uh, and then brings his team back in the huddle, motivates him, kicks Petey out of the huddle, and then um, you know tells him blitz all night and tells him to remember the night they played the Titans, and it was great. All right, now I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night, and if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm gonna take every last one of you out. You make sure that they remember forever the night they played the Titans. Forever. Forever. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so JR, it was a good it was a good sports movie. Things worked, but what didn't work? So you just mentioned it, and I'm gonna say uh Petey the Quitter. Yeah, Petey the Quitter. A Turk. We haven't we not mentioned uh Donald Faison, Turk from Scrubs. Looks great. Yeah. The first thing my wife pointed out is she goes, is that mole on his face always been there? Because like, I guess maybe because he's so young in this movie. He's got a giant mole underneath his nose, which I don't really notice from uh, Scrubs, but that's it was like, complete It was aside. like the uh, Austin Powers and Goldmember thing where you're, yeah. you're just staring at the mole, the mole the whole time. I think Petey quits on his team three separate times in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, he's just not redeemable. They try to make him this redeemable character like, it, you know, it'd be a good a good story. So um, so he quits. He quits on offense when, when Boone yells at him. 
and then Yost grabs him and, and has him replace Ryan Gosling because Ryan Gosling is white and he is slow. And yeah. um, and then he quits in the state semifinal game after you know says uh, he's getting a holding penalty called him every time. And yeah. and he quits again. And then in the state in the um, state championship game, Ryan Gosling gives Petey back his job because he says he doesn't want the team to lose because of him. But I feel like if you're going for the Disney ending, like. Maybe not the Disney ending, but the realistic ending should be Ryan Gosling sticks it and you know makes a play and makes it happen, and it's the story of persevering and you know waiting to get your chance, and not Petey just getting bailed out and getting to play again. Petey quits during the Northern Virginia Regional Championship game, so like the game before the championship, because Coach Yost basically tells him like, "Hey, do a better job." Yeah, <laughs> and he just. Yeah quits right there on the spot it's like the least amount of criticism you could receive as a high school athlete and he just gives up pd is soft as puppy shit if he was on my team i wouldn't talk to the guy i wouldn't like feel comp- i wouldn't trust him it's like the person in your crew who doesn't drink because they don't like to drink i get it if people don't drink because you know some problems or some family issues fine but if they just don't drink because they don't like to uh, to me i'm like i can't trust that fucking person 100 100 percent. um so i feel so we mentioned that um that pd uh the pd quit in the state championship game the state championship game unfortunately i feel like is the most problematic sports-centric part in the whole movie the only other thing i really had that didn't work that was not in the state championship game was uh was the dance warm up that they come into? Oh yeah. When uh yeah. They, you know they tell coach they're gonna warm up a little differently that night, and they they do that by dancing as warm ups. They pop their hammies everywhere. I didn't see anyone stretch. Yeah, <laughs> let me see some high knees or lunges or something. Yeah, give me give me touch your toes one time, guys. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the state championship in general, there was a lot of problematic stuff. Which I mean, it was you know I think it was the longest football scene in the movie. It was the longest they spent on one game, I believe. Yep. But um, you know, it starts with um, it starts with uh, with at halftime. They go into halftime. Um, they're they're down by. I, I had it written down. I can't find it. They're down by like ten points, maybe. It's like ten to nothing, yep. twelve to nothing, something like that. Yeah, it was really low scoring affair. I think towards the end of the game, they're down seven to three. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're down. I think they're down seven nothing. So um, yep. so Yost is the defensive coordinator. And he's going into halftime at the the Virginia the Virginia State Championship game. So he's playing the the you know the best team in Virginia, and he's held them to seven points. And Boone's yeah. offense hasn't scored anything, seven to nothing. <laughs> They're literally getting shut out. And the big thing with halftime is Yost. You know, I've learned a lot of things from you boys, and I hope you boys have learned from me too. And you know, one of the things I've learned is like humility, or whatever he says. I hope you boys have learned as much from me this year as I've learned from you. You've taught this city how to trust the soul of a man rather than the look of him. And I guess it's about time I joined the club. Herman, I sure could use your help. Ed Henry's kicking my ass out. And he he asked Boone for his help, and he says he's getting, uh, he says Ed Henry, who's the coach of the other team, is kicking my ass out there. No, he's not. No, he's not. Boone, <laughs> the defense is all. Yeah, that. Boone should be asking for your help, sir. One hundred percent. His his option offense has not has not worked at all. It, it, it astounds me. What's Boone's solution? 
he puts his quarterback in on defense. He's like, all right, who's throwing, who's playing both ways? It's like Sunshine, Velasquez, and two other people. You're going to put your star quarterback in. A, even if he's like a free safety, like it just takes one roving receiver to take his fucking head off. And not to mention, really you concerning. run it, you run an offense dependent on the quarterback running the ball. You run the, <laughs> you run the option offense. It's not like he's like a pocket passer. You exactly. need his legs. Can you imagine if in the AFC Championship game that went out that you know happened recently, depending on whenever this podcast is released, <laughs> if uh, the Chiefs who were losing at halftime, I think they were down 14 nothing at halftime, they come out and Mahomes <laughs> is playing cornerback? <laughs> like, that's, that's all he does. It's like, all right, you're just going to play, play all your guys both ways. Like, what I found super interesting is like the whole – team has this like Ryan Gosling problem who by the way we think is a cornerback but is in actuality a linebacker wait what really yeah because he he PD substitutes for him and coach Yost goes PD you're in at linebacker so Alan Bosley you know Ryan Gosling at 135 pounds soaking wet was been a linebacker all season was all area the year before and so, hard to believe so he can't so this is 1971 so this might be something <laughs> else that doesn't work the thing that gets him pulled is not like he's not tackling or stuffing the run it's that he can't keep up with these guys linebackers I don't think they were covering like tight there was no Gronk in 1971 like your linebackers were just stuffing the run I know it's a little maybe he, I mean he could play both positions which is like very believable especially on a high school team but I, so he's so so he's the issue every game he's the guy that like needs to sit on the bench on defense and Petey needs to go in so they're down at halftime in the championship game and uh, Yost asks for Boone's help and Boone then chooses to play his players both ways and he leaves Gosling in yeah he leaves Gosling oh in who's who's clearly been a problem the whole game. It's funny, like, was there no one else? Yeah. Was there no one else? Like, if Petey hadn't, or if uh, if Gosling hadn't given himself up, like, the, he was, I mean, they made him the, the Titans Achilles heel, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Because he seemed, he was like a nice kid in the movie. Yeah, totally. It was total bummer. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me that didn't work was essentially like the last minute of the state championship game. Oh yeah. So well, they yeah. talk about this coach being like a genius. They mentioned, they referred him earlier in the film um, as the only coach who, you know, or they, they get his, uh, they get his tendencies. They get his, uh-huh. um, you know, they, they get some film film from him. his name is Ed Henry. He's coaching Marshall. And so I guess Marshall has the ball in the last minute and you hear the announcer say, all Marshall needs to do is hold on to the ball and they'll win the game. So that's how do you do yeah, that so, in football? Yeah, so that signi- <laughs> that signifies that the Titans are out of timeouts. Yep. All they all they had to do is kneel, and then they they run the ball, and Petey gets this miracle fum- forces this miracle fumble that he doesn't dive on. He reaches down yep. and picks up with one hand. <laughs> Which your team needs the ball back. You have to get the ball back, and you're gonna lose the game. You're not reaching. It's been down established and up all movie game. that it's been established all movie that Petey has bad hands. <laughs> so maybe that's just a continuation of that. It's just it's astounding. So they don't they don't kneel, and so you know Titans get the ball back, and the last play is just it's like a it's like a two minute scene basically because Yost is like mm-hmm. you know you got to give them something they're not ready for and. And, you know, Boone thinks real hard, and he calls in Rev, who was the starting quarterback before he broke his wrists, and he tells him to uh, basically just run a, run a wide receiver reverse. Fake 23 blast. 
with a backside George reverse. You got that? Fake 23 blast with a backside George reverse like your life depended upon it. Let's go. Yep. With the quarterback blocking down. And but while they're lining up, and um, while they're lining up, Ed Henry is like, goes like, they're going deep. Cover deep. Like, wait. He must. Have you never played right. Madden? Ed Henry never played Madden. <laughs> they're running four. Well, no, not 1971. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like, but then the um the backside reverse works perfectly. The the it it just it is it's amazing because sunshine Honestly, blocks the whole way down. He doesn't yeah, get touched. He, sunshine throws something like 25 successful lead blocks. Sun, sun, <laughs> to clear the you road. watch sunshine get CTE on yeah. on camera and he scores yeah. untouched. But like. In reality, like Marshall should have had eight guys back. Like they're playing yep. prevent defense. It's just yep. So they, you know, it should have been like a. It should have been anything else, really. I think Ed Henry thought it was some sort of double pass, which I think people did in the seventies. I don't know if you're down. If you're down one score and there's no time left on the clock, I would personally think it was a hail mary as well. Um, so in in that way, I think you know maybe the the logic was was interesting because you would never expect a, a reverse on, on running play on that uh, play, but it is kind of an anticlimactic way to end this, like, miracle season. Yeah, and I mean, which, it just it works so easily. It works far too easily. Yeah. So um, how would let's, – let's go with how we'd fix it since we're just go, going right off of what didn't work. How, how would you fix some of the things that didn't work in Remember the Titans? You know, it's interesting. I I wouldn't I I wouldn't like to change a lot in terms of the football action. I would actually one little note that I, I took was the the way some people tackle. I mean, I get I get that this was the seventies, so it's a little different, maybe because I watch too much NFL football now, but there's a lot of head targeting going on in this, oh, yeah. <laughs> in this high school football oh, yeah. league. There's a lot it's of concussions. Just, it's just shot after shot to the head where the offensive player does that weird like flip where they flip like head over heels and land on their neck i mean these boys didn't live past 45 years old with all the cte that was going on so maybe you're you're supposed to believe that like uh uh, tc williams dame is is you know is is kind of a grinded out you know three yards of play Mm -hmm. type dame and then sunshine shows up and it's all of a sudden this like he's this dual threat dude like maybe there's the the Dame action is just a little more grinding than it, it appears to be, but that might slow the the game down. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like all the tackle technique was just nothing but headshots or or tackles that were standing straight up. I feel like yeah. every time you see Julius, he's just tackling someone standing straight up. Um, but he did. I didn't. I didn't put this in what Julius looked like a beast. He, he did. did. He did work. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really like. There's really no way to, as far as the football action, there's not a whole lot besides, like you said, kind of change the tackling form a little bit or make it yeah. a little less, you know, violent. Um, but the, uh, I think in halftime it'd be a little bit better if it was Boone asking for Yost help because Boone doesn't. The one thing that Boone doesn't show a whole lot of them in the uh, movie is humility. Really, he just True. he, he kind of gets. I mean, he has to deal with a lot of shit. I mean, he's he's coaching a desegregated team in 1971 Virginia. But he doesn't. I think it would it would actually have, have gone a long way if it was if it was Yost helping Boone at halftime. You know that would have been a nice like like ribbon to put on the end of the movie too because he's been so like proud this whole time and he's basically gotten help from nobody that he kind of 
opens up. I, I, t- I completely agree with you on that yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, if it's, you know, if they wanted to stick with um, with Yost asking for uh, for Boone's help, it, it, the defense should have been, like, getting their shit kicked in. Should have been, like, 24, to, 24 to 10 or something. Yeah. Um, but honestly, if I had to give, like, the football and Remember the Titans a grade, I'd give it, like, a 90% out of 100. This is some of the better on-screen football you will see. Yeah, I agree. I really don't have a lot of complaints. Um, it's it's more, like, nitpicky stuff. Um, totally. Like, the, the last play, you know, it could have been, like, that schoolyard bullshit play the Dolphins used to beat the Patriots this year. Yeah. But, I mean, that, you know, that could have been, or just, like, a straight-up Hail Mary, and maybe he puts, like, Julius in. He's like, big Julius, I need you to go get that ball what a horrible Denzel Washington impression. And he jumped yeah, up. Yeah, we saw you play the, basketball yeah, for five you, seconds. So I saw Gary Bertier ditch you at the basketball court and make up, <laughs> make up for it. Um, so let's go with uh, with best on-screen athlete and worst on-screen athlete. Who is your best on-screen athlete? Remember the Titans. I think we agree on this one. It's got to be the guy who played Sunshine. Yeah, 100%. Um, he, 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 he looked the part. When he's introduced at camp and he kind of picks up the football and spins it and like grips it, you just see it. You're like, oh, this guy, this actor naturally has thrown a football around for five to ten years of his life. Yeah, he's he's at least tossed the old pigskin around in the backyard. Um, he's got yep. a he's got a real fluid motion. He's kind of a stockier dude too. Like he's a quarterback, but he's he's got a little like size to him. Um. Yeah. It, he when he ran and pitched it and everything. Even though that was his his character's thing, I can't make that pitch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, where did that go? He he says it twice, and then all of a sudden he's Mitch Trubisky. Literally, for the rest of the literally day. as soon as like as soon as uh oh we one thing we didn't talk about that works uh works really well at, uh with the brick wall test I guess with Boone is the speech. When I was fifteen years old. I lost my mother and my father in the same month, Ronnie. Same month. Twelve brothers and sisters. I was the youngest one, but they were all looking up to me. Now, I wasn't ready yet either, but they needed me. Your team needs you tonight. You're the colonel. You're going to command your troops tonight. You understand? Twins right, 48-0 read. Let's go. The speech he gives Sunshine before he goes in when he's got to <laughs> go, uh, go in for Rev. About having uh, 12 brothers and sisters. Yeah, that 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 works for the brick wall test. Um, and they were all looking at me like that doesn't make any doesn't, sense. If makes, you had eleven older siblings, <laughs> makes, <laughs> makes no sense. Like he, so hypothetically, he's like you know he's he's ten years old or something. Like his oldest <laughs> siblings, like at the very at the very youngest, twenty two. Yeah, my twenty. They're all, they're all looking at the ten year old for what to do. My twenty two year old siblings were looking at me, but anyways, <laughs> that speech worked because you know suddenly he has this. His phobia of uh, of pitching the ball goes away, but yeah, I mean, he looked good. He looked, you know, he looked like he could have passed it. If I would have read, I went to his uh, Wikipedia, which um, is kind of a sad place. A uh, Kip Pardue, he played a uh, Ronnie Ronnie Sunshine Bass, but um, if it would have, you know, if I would have gone to his Wikipedia and it would have said like, oh, was a high school quarterback or something, I would have believed it. Yeah, and don't read any uh, headlines about Tip Pardue anytime recently yeah, because no, he's uh... yeah, yeah. Just I would just avoid that Wikipedia altogether. Not yeah. uh, not great. Who's your worst on-screen athlete? <sighs> this is tough because we don't see enough of Dossling to really pad him as a bad athlete, but he's like the punchline bad athlete the whole time. Here's what I'm gonna say: uh, Who I wanted to see in here that was never shown. And is always like a character in these football movies is the ticker. Why didn't we have 
a ticker who's like a complete fucking character who like is British or something or just something weird that like really throws a wrench in the dynamics of the group. Like I was really disappointed to not see the ticker. And if there had been a ticker, I would award him the worst. That that could have been the last play. It could have been like a 47 yard field goal from, you know, from, from Johnny dipshit. Yeah, exactly. who's really come along and you know you could make louis elastic ethan Supley's character you could have made him mm-hmm. the kicker obviously you don't have him you have someone else but that guy who comes in and he's like kind of jolly but he's stupid and doesn't know if he's yeah. going to college and you know before that before the state championship game tells coach he's going to college hits a 47 yard field goal you know and and goes to wherever the power rides off into in the sunset yeah um, Louis Lassett, by the way, I can just tell great foot speed, <laughs> real quick off the line. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm no, he- I'm being serious. Like he looked like a guy who could kind of handle himself, handle his weight a little bit. Like I, I liked what I saw to Louis. He was Larry Allen before Larry Allen. Correct. <laughs> um, my worst on-screen athlete. I'm going with Petey. Um, not to say that he looked terrible, but it's a mix of wanting it to be Petey. Um, yeah, just because totally. of just because of who he was, and then picking up that fumble, he looked incredibly stiff on camera. <laughs> and, I mean, and bending down, bending down to pick it up with his with his hand, it just looked very stiff. And if there's one thing this episode of this podcast is going to do, it's going to be let's sh- you know, it's going to be shitting on Petey. Yeah, I mean, he literally introduces himself as Petey Jones, running back, and then proceeds to fumble every single time he's handed the football for the next hour and a half. Not only running back, he says the running back. <laughs> the right. running back. Like, you better be Todd Gurley if you're saying exactly. that. And Petey's, you Petey's better, not Todd Gurley. You better be a returning All-American with a full ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Petey, Petey sucks. That's the one, but it, yeah, the one again, takeaway. Not, not a... Not a movie filled with guys who looked out of place or looked like they didn't belong out there. So more kudos to the Remember the Titans producers. Yeah, there will be um, there will be some movies where worst on screen athlete probably takes off, you know, takes up the whole, you know, at least ten minutes in the podcast. You're just you know totally. naming them off. But um, you know that that's one thing that, and that's one thing that Remember the Titans is good, and it's one thing that I think sports movies in general you know, if they're going to be good, need to do is find guys who can play the sport or at least look like they can play the sport. Yep. So last category, what would Remember the Titans look like in in 2019? If it was set in 2019, (laughs) filmed in 2019. So this is a category I completely forgot about in ensuing episodes. Should I bring it back? Let me know. Oh, man, this is a great category. Do you want to start? You go ahead. You've been letting me go. So I'll go. Uh, the you know I think the school we're not going to have any schools combined due to um, due to desegregation. <laughs> I think, which I think we're past yeah, that we're, point so, now. But, hopefully, but what I'm thinking is um, you still kind of have that that dynamic. You combine schools due to like a weather tragedy, like a hurricane. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, because you know that's especially in the South. Yeah. Especially in yeah. Texas, and you, Oklahoma. You know, you can stuff. you can combine a predominantly you know black school with predominantly white school. You can do it however you want, or just two, you know, white schools that hate each other, two blacks. You know, anything. Yeah. And um and you do that. I think you could still have Denzel as Herman Boone. I'm pretty sure he could still do this. Yeah, I mean his coaching techniques, his speech. Well, actually, so for what what would you know what would it look like in 2019? Some of Boone's 
training camp techniques. They wouldn't be able to run three a days. He wouldn't be able to not give his guys yeah, water. Yeah, the uh, the Those water the water is for getting blood off that uniform. That speech would not fly. <laughs> Herman Boone would be in front of the uh, the high school board real quick. Water is for cowards. Water <laughs> makes you weak. That <laughs> they, they, they'd have there'd be lots of hydration. We are doing up downs until Blue is no longer thirsty. I've said that a few times in my house. <laughs> yeah, that it, it instead that you know they'd have the um, so at training camp there was what there was like four coaches and there was Yost's daughter played by a very young <laughs> Hayden Penitieri. So now there would be like remember the Titans there'd be like twenty coaches, basically yep. ten from each school. There'd be like yep. you know seven student athletic trainers. There'd be water everywhere. They'd have someone in the tower filming. Um, it'd, it'd be a high tech. It'd be a high tech system at that. At they'd that have an emotional camp. support animal there for some reason. Oh, it'd be beautiful. So, <laughs> what is his? What is Yost's daughter doing there? She is ten years old. The words she must be hearing out of these young men's mouth. I mean, filthy. Yeah, I mean, and and she's like up living there. Like it's not <laughs> like she's like. I think she comes at the middle of training camp. I don't think okay. she. I, I don't think she was there from the start because there's that scene That's where she good. comes up to him. Um, when they're like eating, but regardless, like you don't bring your daughter to training camp. Yeah. You don't like, yeah. even if it, you don't bring your son to train, you don't bring your little kids to training camp. That's just not a thing you do. One other thing you don't do in training camp is you don't tackle the quarterback in 2019, which they do countlessly. Oh yeah. There'd be, countless times yeah, the red movie. Jersey would be on, would be on full display. Um, the other Absolutely. thing. So in the, in the beginning when Boone takes the job, he, he installs like the option offense basically installs like Navy's offense. I think, uh, in 2019, the coach installs the air raid. It's just straight up Mike Leach. Oh yeah, you know the uh, sunshine just loft in it. Yeah, I mean he he probably takes it from the option. Maybe it's a school's been running the uh, you know running the the read option all these years, and he's like, we're throwing the ball seventy times a game. Let's go. <laughs> well, it's interesting because that's pretty much what I feel that they did because they don't really highlight who the running back was after PD doesn't after the running continue. back is no longer the running back. <laughs> the running back, correct. <laughs> um. Uh, this one might well let me just say it so the day player on the team let's you know it's up for debate whether or not sunshine was day or they not. definitely or insinuated that they insinuated you know he's kind of fucking with Bertier, but he wouldn't be prejudiced against in a 2019 film yeah he, or he would be prejudiced against like differently like someone would post something homophobic on their instagram or something about him he wouldn't like did his ass tit or he'd be like honored It'd be a big fucking deal that he was dead. Yeah, they'd, Let's just say yeah that. they'd write it. So one thing that I think would come is, is Tom Rinaldi would come do a piece on, on the team. He, <laughs> they'd be like the pre, um, you know, they'd be before game day. And they talk about how the schools combined and they're, you know, they're undefeated and they're about to play in a state championship game. And they've got a potentially gay quarterback and <laughs> they'd just do all that stuff. The other thing that I think remember the Titans would get in 2019 is they'd get a big coach cameo. Um, something, oh, yeah. You've seen the blind side, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do the blind side down the road, but they you know they they roll in all the SEC coaches, Orgeron and Phil Fulmer and Saban, and I so I think you get Saban to come in and he's checking on Gary and Julius because apparently Gary was an All American, and, and yeah. Julius was a stud, and then you know one of the the drama between them is uh is Saban only offers one of them a scholarship. Oh, that'd be great. Maybe he throws it in the middle of the field and says, "Toughest one of y'all sons of bitches gets a scholarship." <laughs> Remember the Titans too. Oh. recruiting season <laughs> <laughs> i'd love that so much honestly i need that so much um and then in 2019 the state championship game is like 60 to 59 they're just yeah, they're not, just trading off they're seven, just trading off touchdowns it's, 
it's not seven to ten or ten to seven. It is. It ends on a hundred and twenty point over, like easily. Yeah. Oh, uh, one of the parents is like a serial gambler. I think that with, yeah. with how with how like non taboo sports gambling is now, I think like one of the parents is is gambling. Maybe one of the players is like shaving points. Yeah, that Ray dude, Ray, the Ray, Ray, Ray lets, he lets Ray or uh, Rev break his wrist because he's got <laughs> you know he's got the the other team you know plus three point five. So <laughs> that's uh, that's what this looks like. Jr. I'm into this movie, by the way. <laughs> Why? Well, oh, we we have to have to make the movie. But um, speaking of making the movie, Jr. Tell us about the Entourage podcast real quick before you guys get out before you get out of here. Sure. Uh, so. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Entourage podcast is basically a rewatchable Entourage podcast. I'm starting with season one, episode one, and I am going week by week. Every Monday morning, new episodes come out. Every week, I dissect each and every Entourage episode with a new guest. Kyle was gracious enough to be a guest on season one, episode five. Script and the, the Sherpa. Script and the Sherpa. Great episode. Probably one of my the best episodes in season one of the podcast because you can really tell with Kyle that Kyle really likes the show. Like he cares a lot about it, which is good. I like to have a passionate guest on as opposed to just like someone who's seen the show casually. But yeah, if you, uh, if you're so inclined, give it a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Oh yeah pod and uh, give it a listen. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of really cool shit coming down the road. Um, so yeah, it's going to be the next three years of my life. So, uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's it for me. JR, who would, who would Val Kilmer play in the 2019 and remember the Titans reboot? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, Val Kilmer would probably play, he'd probably play like, um, coach Ed Henry, oh, you know, but be, he'd make, oh a, he'd make God, like a bigger amazing. part out of it. He'd like, you know, he, he'd, he'd turn it into like his, his Oscar audition, like hit for best supporting actor. He'd he'd turn his three minutes of screen time into like seventeen with just like some long drawn out speeches. He'd have he tried to have a moment with Coach Boone and it had and he'd make it about race. Like I could see that and I, I'd love it. His assistant coach in the last play would tell him like, you know, coach they're going deep and Val Cameron was like, No. They got something <laughs> else in mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. JR, where can the people follow you? At JR will do it on Instagram and Twitter. And that is it for this look back of the first episode of Big Screen Sports. I hope none of y'all cringed as much as I did. I uh, hope this podcast in the last year has improved and you guys are enjoying it. Um, as always, please remember to subscribe, rate, review. Uh, you can even leave a review and let me know how much you did or didn't like the first episode going way back when. Um, most of these episodes are evergreen, so if you know, if you listen to this one and it was tolerable and you're a recent listener, go back, look at some of the other movies we've done, um, you know, see if there's anything there that, that you want to listen to. Remember, Monday, we have High School Musical, the finale of DCOM December with Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. Really fun episode, had a lot of fun recording it. Uh, so, you know, tune in then. Hope everyone enjoys the holidays with their families, and we will catch you next Monday, December 30th. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, 
we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.